everyone knows the apron is the hardest part of the ring, but this is the nerdiest part of the ring, your weekly news roundup for the wide world of wrestling. I am your host for the day. I am, of course, the five-star man, Asa Gray. With me, as always, is the big D, Dalton Anthony. Yo. How you doing tonight, Dalton? Doing, doing solid. Not used to two shows in a week. It's been a minute. <laughs> and two big, two big shows. Royal Rumble yeah. preview last well. night, and then, <laughs> and then of course uh, today we have the one and only uh, joining us at this time. He is one of the coolest dudes and dads in video games. He's the 2015 trending gamer of the year. He is the king of the troglodytes. He is the CEO of Kind of Funny. He is Greg Miller. Greg, how are you? I am excellent, Ace and Dalton. How are you? Thanks for having me. Thank you for having us doing this whole community podcasting day. Uh, shout out real quick before we jump into everything to Nerd a Day, If I Grow Up, Untitled Movie Podcast, uh, the ones that came in before us, all sure. three great shows. We were telling Joey, well, I was telling Joey, I don't think Dalton feels this way because he's like a better person. Uh, but it's like, man, it would have been like, obviously, I'm happy everyone succeeded. But it would have been just like a little great if someone had like pooped the bed. You just wanted one terrible podcast so you'd be like, all right, we were going to do better than them. Exactly. Like, to, so the pressure's off. So now it's up to us to not do it. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but that's fine. Um, so, yeah, typically this is a like weekly news show. But instead, since, you know, it's a special occasion, uh, it's going to be just kind of talking about wrestling and why Hell wrestling yeah. is, the, is the coolest. Um, yeah. So I'm going I'm to start with a heavy hitter question. Uh, but, you know, you're, you're Greg Miller, so I, I feel like you're ready for this. Uh, Greg, who is the greatest wrestler of all time? For Greg Miller? For Greg Miller. Chris Jericho. Hell yeah. Y2J, Chris Jericho. You know what I mean? Um, Chris Jericho uh, came into my purview at just the right time, where, of course, I had been a wrestling fan like most 80, 80s kids, you know, through the Hogan Warrior era. You saw it all there. You know, who can, what kid cannot tell you where they were when Papa Shango cursed Ultimate Warrior and he was carried out vomiting? And you're like, oh my God. Like, you're watching that <laughs> Saturday morning WWF superstars or whatever, right? Uh, and then, of course, coming into high school, I dropped off and came back into high school, you know. 1999 2000 because i'm old I, 98 99 2000 um and i you know got back in right as the attitude era was kicking off and really wrestling you know becomes synonymous with being a teenager at that point you know what i mean and like wrestling becomes cool on a, in a way it was not cool before and to be able to be a part of and watch it and so as i'm watching all that and you're getting up to speed and stuff like you know i will never forget august 9th 1999 i was at the all-state arena it was the rosemont horizon it always will be to me in chicago illinois and we you knew the millennium man was chris jericho we me and my friends read the dirt sheets we were on they were on raja at the time raja wwf.com i think it's just raja.com now with all the leaks and rumors and all that stuff and i will never forget that show was so good and this is when they used to tape um heat beforehand if you remember so it was sunday night heat which had a taz promo in it of the thump, 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 like the countdown for it or whatever and maybe i think i'm right on that but if i'm wrong don't get me too bad but it was a great sunday night heat for to, to warm up then it was uh august 9th 1999 raw which is when uh, jesse the body ventura was there setting up the china feud with triple h and stone cold and it's like there was so much packed into that show that we actually had forgotten that it was supposed to be uh jericho that it was supposed to be the millennium man and all that stuff and so when the rock comes out and starts that promo and it's cutting and just doing the rock stuff being the, what the best at what he is right and then the lights went out and that clock popped up. The, I, it's one of those things like the roar of the crowd. It just, like, I think collectively everyone forgot. It was mm -hmm. like, Whoa. and I, I had, this is, again, I'm old. I had the Kodak click and wind cameras. And like so the disposable? I, I, yep. And I, we're mm -hmm. up in the nosebleeds. We're way up in the nosebleeds. And I got the camera and I wound it and I sat there because I wanted to get a shot of whatever was about to happen. And his pyro went off and we are in the nose. We are like next, we are, we are high school kids. We can afford nothing. We are so high in the Rosemont horizon. That thing popped the loudest I'd ever heard. It spooked me to the point that I clicked the camera by accident. And I have a shot of the pyro at full blast. And we felt the heat from where we were. And so all of that to then get to the you know the song the intro video and when the words come out and come up jericho i get chills right now thinking about how we all went bonkers and then the best promo of all time in professional wrestling and then and like him and rock going at it and then wwe wastes him for a few months and then they get him <laughs> on his way then they get him on his way but like I just loved Chris at that time. Like, you know what I mean? The Lions saw, you know, we're talking about the walls of Jericho. And then like, it was that thing too of 
for my reintroduction to professional wrestling after taking so much time off, right? And then learning about what that world was of ECW in Japan and trading VHS tapes and seeing and like seeing stuff of him and Eddie like wrestling in Japan and at New Japan, right? And then the, you know the Lion Tamer and this. And I had not been a WCW guy at all, so going back and that then as me the video game guy to have this so tied into. I was so obsessed when I came come back with uh, WCW versus NWO Revenge, right? And then when they switched licenses and they went to WWE F at the time, right? And they made WrestleMania 2000. And the fact that Jericho debuted on Monday and it, like by Friday, IGN had his entrance up in WrestleMania 2000. It was like this apex of energy that built up to this thing. And also, as a lapsed fan, it was somebody who got to come back in and be on the ground floor with somebody, which is so important, right? Because otherwise it had been like, of course I remember The Undertaker. He has a brother now and what is happening and where's Paul Bear? And like, you know what I mean? Your friends have to catch you up and you have these long conversations that are fun, but I was there for that. I was there for that moment. So what to hit, so is it that kind of experience and that sort of, you know, that, I mean, just experiencing that live, is that what kind of defines that as being like the greatest for you? Or is it from then that point on his career that he had, you know, through WWE multiple times coming and going into, you know, I don't know how AEW. much of the, like the new Japan stuff he did into the sure. uh, now currently AEW stuff. It's all of the above. I think being mm -hmm. there is a huge part of it, but I think it's also that Jericho is to me and at the time too, the whole package. He was mm -hmm. entertaining to watch, right? He's entertaining oh. in terms. Oh, he'll be back. Don't worry about it. He'll figure no. it out. <laughs> we'll Dalton see. likes to make an entrance. He didn't like his entrance. He'll be here in three, <laughs> two, one, or he's out of power and he won't be right back. But I'll continue. Entirely possible. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what I love about it is that he was entertaining in and out of the ring. I feel there were mm -hmm. so many wrestlers, especially at that time period, that were as well, but needed more time to build up to it. You think of like Kurt Angle when he debuts, right? Like it took a while for Kurt to get his sea legs and figure out how to cut a promo and what to do and how to be entertaining. But he was always great in the ring. And so you can go and like I was a huge Hurricane fan, right? And the Hurricane, of course, great out of the ring, but they just used him as a jobber for all purposes, really in the ring. I liked that Chris was a different style. I liked that he could cut an amazing promo. I liked that he was witty. I liked that he went after everybody. And then, yeah, I liked that he was different in the ring, right? Like he wasn't, you figure like, I know it sounds silly now, but this was the attitude era when Chris would have been and was for a long time, you know, relegated to just being an intercontinental champion, just being a European champion, right? He wasn't getting those world title shots. He wasn't getting that chance to go for the big belts. And so seeing him in the ring, you know, springboarding off the ropes, you know, doing, uh, you know, uh, lion salts onto people like that all worked for me in a way that I found more entertaining. And I enjoyed that mashup against something like Triple H against someone like the rock stone cold, wherever you want to put him. even China. I like, I know I've listened to his, uh, uh, talk is Jericho podcast about like how he hated working that angle and yada yada. I still enjoyed it as a fan, and that says something because I think that is something that's hard to pull off. Also, he says he texts me his Discord track crashed. So, uh, and his computer forced to restart. So he'll, he'll be back in here. in a second. He'll be back in in a second. Kev, do you want to turn uh, on your uh, picture just so you have a third frame, and then uh, Asa can also be in his frame? Right now, it's me and half of his action figures. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, hold on. It's my, it's my my transformer stack oh that's what's happening sorry kevin popped off if cecil needed him so it's just you and me talking now it's you know, okay. it's a it's an audio podcast who cares hey that's fine I mean, is, is we, chris jericho an outlandish claim to have you think not at all okay. uh uh chris jericho is actually my answer to greatest of oh, all great. time because of the uh adaptability because right. of the way that he has gone through so many different iterations of not only character but in ring style and promo style when he, you know, you think back sure. to, you know, him in WCW and doing the, you know, maybe hits a little too close to home now, but when he was doing like NDC with the conspiracy theory stuff. Yeah. Uh, because he was convinced that he was being uh, screwed by WCW into um, the WWE with The Rock. And then when he left and then came back, that feud with Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Where he had, yep, he yep, had the yep, short yep, hair. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then he totally changed up the way he delivered promos and the way he wrestled and, you know, no more of the high flying type stuff. Hi, Dalton. Hey, sorry about that. The <laughs> computer uh, decided it wanted to restart just then. So I apologize for that. We've been there. We've been there. Don't worry about it. Dalton, I'm so I'm so glad that I gave you that laptop specifically to use so we would have better <laughs> issues. Yeah, like, this will be perfect. Don't worry about it. I wasn't going to say it on the stream that this isn't my computer. I no. was going to be polite. No, I'll take, I'll take, I'll take responsibility for it. Uh, um, but the, uh, 
so no, he's my answer. But the reason that I think that is such a good, like, it's such a good question is because you ask 10 people who the greatest wrestler of all mm -hmm. time is to them. You're probably going to get about like at least six different answers for sure, because everyone defines the greatest a different way. Someone could say Bret Hart because he is the greatest in-ring technician, but or uh you know rick flair because of just drawing power or hulk sure. hogan because he crossed over and was just like the biggest star wrestling you know has produced up until maybe you know like the rock the staying power of taker right like i mean yeah, yeah you can exactly there's so many different reasons to go through and do it and have different people and like and that is that's just kind of what i love about wrestling in general is because it is it's it's so subjective it is it's art it's music yeah. you know there's so many different styles so did you you know you were talking about that being there for that Monday Night Raw. What? How many? Like, was that your first live wrestling show? Or oh you... no 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 no. I th I, I think you're asking for my first back. No, I was incredibly lucky and privileged that my parents uh, totally vibed with me liking wrestling, and they they would take mm -hmm. me. I, I that was one of many trips to the uh, Rosemont Horizon. I think my first time I ever went in the room. Yeah. The first time I ever went, I was going to say, I remember I, they didn't take me when I was too young to remember. Uh, it was a house show. And I remember I did not understand what a house show was, but in that, in, as a kid, you probably shouldn't, who cares? You know what I mean? But like, I remember that so well of being like, you know, Rosemont horizon mid tier seats. And it was like, I remember two things. I remember when Shawn Michaels came out and they were playing a song, I was standing on my chair and I was singing along. And I remember when I got to being a sexy boy, I turned to my mom and she's like, it's okay. You can say it. <laughs> like I knew enough <laughs> that like sex is not something you say. And I'm like, all right. And I sang along. And then it, the main event was uh, Taker versus Yokozuna for the world title on a house show. So clearly not going to change hands, but I didn't know that as a kid. Right? right. And so it was the normal, you know, where you, you take her had him beat, but Mr. Fuji pulled something, you know what I mean? And then like mm. Yokozuna is able to retain. And then I remember at the end, like Taker sitting up and like he had chased off or Paul Bear had chased them off and they like left the world title. And so like Taker had the like belt in his hand and like threw it and like walked out. And I was like, why didn't he keep it? Like, you know, no, Taker, <laughs> you're going to just take it. Like that was my first show. And I was, you know, obviously hooked at that point. I remember, you know, it, it breaks my heart. Like, out of all the old shit I have, I have photos of it still, but I, we had a camcorder and we had me and my dad wrestling, you know what I mean? And like, mm -hmm. but they're on like those little, like uh, weird, like pack of cigarette tapes, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, it's long gone having anything that I have a whole bunch of stuff, but I can't even go through it to see if that's the tape I have kind of thing. Like, Cause I don't have the adapter anymore. So that was the house show. And then we probably did one or two other ones like that. But the big one was, uh, SummerSlam 94. SummerSlam 94 opened the United Center in Chicago. Uh, you know, the Bulls had played in the Chicago Arena forever. They closed the Chicago Arena. They built the United Center. And this was going to be the first, like, televised event from it. And I remember wanting to go so bad. And, like, I, I forget, like, you know, it's such a different world now. I forget how we got this. Maybe you had a call in or ask. But, like, we got, like, the, like like pressed laminate folder or whatever that came like trying to sell you on buying SummerSlam tickets. And mm -hmm. I remember like, I forget what my parents went for. They didn't go for front row. Obviously we couldn't, I, we couldn't afford that. And we weren't even, we weren't floor, but we were like one or two up on like just seat levels from the floor. So they were great fucking seats. And we went and saw that and that in 90 SummerSlam 94 is Brett versus Owen in the seal cage. It is uh, uh, Taker versus Taker. It was the one where we had had the imposter undertaker for so long and then real Taker was coming back for it. And like, mm -hmm. that is like an um, uh, event, like whoosh, just like right there. Like, you know, I went to Mizzou and when I left, uh, my parents split up and then eventually dad, uh, you know, sold the house and packed everything up. And now his new house has all my old shit up in the attic somewhere. I've never, you know, I've, I come home for like three or four days at a time. So I don't have time to go up there somewhere in there is my program, my ticket stubs, the doubles of the photos I had. I had them in like a thing that I hung on my wall. Cause it was just like, it was like as a kid, the culmination of it where my dad works in downtown Chicago. So he was just going to meet us at, at the event afterwards and drive us home. So my, to get us down there and not have two cars there, they rented a limo, which was like, they were clearly trying to blow my little kid brain and they totally succeeded. They rented a limo, which of course you're, I'm 94. I would have been 11 years old, right? Yeah. 11 years old. So like, are about to be yeah i'm 11 i'm 11 and so like this is just like i left school early you know what i mean like mm -hmm. or, no, i guess it was sunday i guess i came to school late the next day it doesn't matter but like 
the limos there. I'm taking photos of it. We we ride downtown when we got there. Like people thought we were wrestlers because obviously we're showing up to SummerSlam in a limo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what the fuck? And it was like obviously they drop you at the curb rather than go to the parking lot or whatever. Right. And we got there and we walked down. You know these seats that were amazing seats for you know a kid or in in general. And I'll you know I'm there and I remember uh, you know in between like when they're setting things up and even throughout the matches i was able to go from our seats to ringside like i could go all the way down and like get to the i i held the metal guardrail you know what mm -hmm. i mean and i have i have photos of you know the play-by-play -play announcer vince mcmahon who i had no idea was the owner of the federation at the time like adjusting <laughs> his headset and doing this and like i have photos of uh lex luger tatanka with million dollar man in the floor you remember this this angle where it was mm -hmm. like million dollar man had convinced tatanka that like lex luger was a sellout and tatanka couldn't believe it and then it turned out to be the inverse and so i have photos of lex luger with like money stuffed on it like on the ring apron with money stuffed in his mouth and stuff but like the key moment from all of this is when i'm at the back of the seats in the pre-show entertainment macho man is doing the macho man stuff where he's like talking you know out in the crowd and stuff and like you know they're doing the shots or whatever and when he finished one of his segments he walked back p past us like there was like you know not the the ramps all the way over there but we're on the other side like behind play by play going up mm -hmm. these risers but then there's like the offshoots that you can go out so he came back through that way and this is you know he's doing his whole thing and he's got the big leather jacket this is slim jamera macho man obviously with the tassels <laughs> all over his coat, coat and i remember he went past us and i reached over and i grabbed one of his tassels and i remember in my little kid head i'm like i am not letting go of this like i'm getting this <laughs> tassel off of his coat and i had such a death grip on it that he did have to stop and yank with all his strength to get it away and then he went and now as an adult i feel like i can ask for it but at the time as a kid i was like oh, i was so close i almost had the macho man tassel you know what i mean but then yeah I mean like just, to, I mean, I could go on and ever for 94. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say that would be, I mean, that would be the best souvenir. Like that's a one of a kind. Just yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody else would have had that. Right. That would have definitely been up on the wall or whatever. But Until like, he turns you... around and is like, no, I'm taking this back. Yeah. And I remember when, you know, uh, and that one, Paul Bear came out for Taker before Taker came out. And eventually like the, you know, the, the arena goes uh, dark and he opens the top of the big urn, the new urn, and like that light shoots out of it or whatever. And I remember it was just the coolest and it was so cold. It was eerie. And then Taker was back and it was amazing. And then I don't even know, probably with like 10 minutes left in the match, my dad's like, well, let's beat traffic. <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> but at that point the day had been so fantastic i was like all right let's beat traffic dad i i guess i understand that undertaker is going to beat fake undertaker <laughs> so no, a chance he totally had a chance at that one yeah <laughs> <laughs> Do, so you know you say chris jericho when you first came back was kind of your guy to start so when you were younger who was who was like your first favorite where you know, I would say you're probably looking at Hulk Hogan uh, as mm -hmm. an introductory guy. I would think when I got smart enough to have more fun with angles, more fun with who I'm watching in the ring, it was Owen Hart. Like, I vehemently hated Bret Hart. Like, I did not like Bret Hart. I, you know, don't get me wrong, obviously, as an adult and everything else, like, I, could, I totally respect Bret Hart and, like, I know yeah. how good he is in the ring. But I did not vibe with the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. I thought that was such an insult to everyone else. And I'm like, you're not even the best. <laughs> yeah, da, da, you're not even the champ at this time, at this moment, and whatever. And so, like, I did not like Brett at all. So when Owen's angle became, hey, I got a chip on my shoulder and my brother sucks, I was all in on Owen. All in on Owen. Loved Owen. I was – because – and that was the thing, too, is, like, you know, Owen is – a joy to watch in the ring right like he's so much fun to see go out there and how he would flip around how he would use it how he would work you know the legs because he was like he was heel bret hart which i guess is what i wanted like i didn't like <laughs> bret hart's bravado as a face but i liked it as a heel so i was all in on owen for that so how, how much are you able to kind of keep up with now or do you or do you have that interest still to because i know obviously between everything you guys are doing with kind of funny you know with benjamin there's only so much time that yeah. you can dedicate to and, and mental space to dedicate to consuming media and content and all of that. Since the Royal Rumble is actually, is, you know, tomorrow is this kind of your uh, ramp up back into getting back into it for WrestleMania season, or do you keep tabs on it throughout the year? I keep tabs on throughout the year. And I would say, by that i mean obviously you know we're friends with austin so like I, mm -hmm. i'm seeing what he's doing i i follow wwe on social so i see what they're doing like i follow a bunch of wrestlers that i've worked with or just like you know what i mean and I like keeping up that way but i love 
excuse me, uh, you know, a good wrestling rumor and stuff like that. So like, you know, when they were like, it looks like Rousey's training to come back. I was like, oh, all right, I'm reading about this. You know, mm -hmm. I, I'm still the dirt sheet guy. I think, I think that is more that in social media clips are more how I engage than sitting down. Like, yeah, like you said, I can't sit there for three hours and watch it. Right. And like mm -hmm. when uh punk came back to AEW or when came to AEW, right. Like that was when I went out of my way to make sure I was, you know, recording on YouTube TV or whatever the hell it was. Like I went up on Jen's YouTube TV and said it, but mm -hmm. what happened inevitably, I watched all the clips on Twitter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it happened and I, we were doing something else and I got home and I was like brushing my teeth, watching on like, this is a fucking reaction. So like, that's more of where I go. Cause it's, I think less, and if I hear there's a great match, then I'll go out and seek it. Like I'm in this weird spot with time of, you know, obviously gaming has to, is my number one priority because it's my job, my passion, my career. But then, you know, when I have free time and stuff, like Jen was cracking up during uh, our uh, paternity leave, right? Or, or well, you know, maternity leave for her paternity for me. Uh, because when she, if she left the room to take a nap, if she ran an errand, she would come back and inevitably it would be me bouncing Benjamin, feeding Benjamin, whatever, with some, wwe peacock documentary on dark mm -hmm. side of the ring episode you know season three episode four like i'm just like marathoning this because like it's still the stories about wrestling i love both the in-ring storytelling and then what's happening you know behind the scenes and so like that you know it's still my go-to i think of you know when i'm in the car i'm going to put on a wrestling podcast i'm going to like, you know see stuff out i'm going to find stuff that's talking specifically about what i want to know about what's going on kind of thing uh, if you're looking so, for a wrestling podcast we got we got a suggestion oh, yeah. <laughs> so really, just because you mentioned it and i love uh talking to people about it what was your favorite dark side of the ring episode well i mean that's a that's a hard question because they're all bad oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we like ace and i've had multiple conversations of like there's some that i can go back and watch for the comedic value of it you're sure. like your brawl for alls your new jacks but like yeah, yeah, yeah. from hell that's a one and done like never again i yeah. I watched that one time i'm solid and that was the uh, thing about it for me i'm pulling up i don't want to forget anybody right where i first off had never heard of the plane ride from hell and so when how i found out about how i found out about the plane ride from hell and how i found out about this show which if you're not watching this is season three this is like greg mm -hmm. miller uh bread and butter i should know this exists i did not know i made a joke about it on twitter that everybody failed me by not telling me like i saw everyone's reaction to tommy dreamer being stupid just being <laughs> what, like what the fuck tommy what the fuck tommy dreamer dumbest you know take, what i mean dumbest take horrible well, fucking have a bad haircut though like, like take, terrible haircut too but so yeah. i saw that and then i was like well what's the plane ride from and then i found it, I was like oh my god so like that is like I think on another level in terms of like, yeah, that brought me in. And then it also was like, I learned maybe the hard way of like, this wasn't like Jen obviously has gone to a bunch of wrestling with us, but she didn't grow up watching it. But like, I, what was it? 2018 into 2019 where like, I think I did six WWE pay-per-views in a row. Like I didn't miss for the month and we were doing the kind of funny world tour. Where we were timing them out. But I don't know how it happened, but we were timing them out where we were going to Phoenix for the Rumble and we were doing all the different stuff. And so, like, she was there and she knew that and she knows Austin and she knows a bunch of people at WWE that way or whatever. Then show, and then I'm like, let's watch Dark Side of the Ring. And they're all like, here's how Benoit killed his family. Here's this. Here's the steroid trial. And Vince takes off his thing. And she's like, yeah, I don't know if I like wrestling. I'm like, oh, yeah, this probably wasn't the best way. Here's a bunch of cool things we did live. And then here's the horrible stuff. But it's better now, but it's still fucked up. Do you want to watch this John Oliver video that really tears into how it is now? It's like, ah. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it's, it's rough because it, it is like, it's super important stuff. But at the same time, yeah, it kind of, it, you know, one of the things that, and this is as good a time to transition to it as ever, but like, with everything going on with like Activision Blizzard, with, yeah. you know, Bobby Kotick being a piece of shit and all of that. And it's, and it's not just obviously that company. There's so many heartbreaking stories across the video game industry. And then you look at, you know, some of the things that WWE does as a core, as a company, like stuff sure. that, you know, they bring up on Dark Side of the Ring or cutting people during a pandemic, stuff like that. How do you, and I know this, you, you guys have kind of touched on this before, but like, how do you personally kind of you know separate art from the artist and oh, sure. wow this company sucks like the leadership is doing really terrible things but i know that there are so many good people doing what they love to do how do you how do you balance that yourself because i know there's you know we talk we've talked about it on the show before and it's like to, my philosophy is there is no correct way there's not a yeah. right answer you just kind of have to educate yourself and go off of your own gut 
the way I think any of this works, and again, you just nailed it. I don't think there is a right answer. And so I think it is, and I know that in the era of 280 characters and that being the definitive take, it gets hard to get into the minutia and the gray areas of what is in black and white, right? Mm-hmm. It is a push and pull all the time. And this is generalized. I'll get to wrestling here in a second, right? But yeah, like, I think the way you, it, it may be the way I do, and I can't speak to anybody else. The way I handle it, right, is, not ignoring the shitty parts it is calling out the shitty parts and then as we've talked about before holding companies and people accountable for change right where it is okay cool like going through dark side of the ring you are seeing so much heinous 80s shit in early 90s shit and right let's decide so much heinous shit i'm mm-hmm. not going to speak for everything right and so you do need to sit there and be like i i feel like i have these conversations when i watch that with jen or whatever and you know it's talking about you know, uh, um, Mark Marrow and Sable, like getting their bags shit on like human shit on them. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, that is horrible. And that is terrible. And like the way, like, uh, you know, they wouldn't let the Miz sit in the locker room and shit like these, like really horrible things in the way people are treating them. And it's gotta be that thing where I stop and we contextualize, of course, like, yes, that is horrible. And that is bad. And that sucks that that was happening back then. It is better now. You know what I mean? Like, Austin Creed wouldn't let himself be treated that way. I don't think Becky Lynch would let herself be treated that way. And you might say, well, they're at the top of the company. I'm talking about on their way up as well. You know what I mean? Like we are in a far different era of WWE, WWF professional wrestling, where there isn't really a locker room anymore, right? There is very much the social media realm that that this is all going to get your dirty laundry is going to get aired. And something like the plane ride from hell would not even fucking, you know I mean? Like you want to talk about a nuclear situation that would happen there. And if it happened today rather than then, right? So for modern, how do you, how do you wrestle with it in the modern era? For me, it's about being vocal where it is the thing of like, you know, John Oliver, I, I encourage everybody whenever I bring it up or when this conversation comes up to go watch John Oliver's WWE report, right? Which is the one that was right before WrestleMania where he basically went into the fact of like, not the horrible plain stuff from years ago stuff, but that was happening now where WWE doesn't actually have employees. It has independent contractors. And so you work here and like, if anything happens to you, that's on you. Cause you're an independent contractor and you don't have a 401k and you don't have health insurance. You don't have, and it's like, that's a fucking shitty way to treat people. And that fucking sucks. And I already don't watch the products regularly enough that I think me dropping off would be the thing, let alone that just like video games, uh, you know, Ubisoft is a fucked up place full of fucked up people at the top. I don't think the right way for me personally to punish Ubisoft is to not play the game all these people slaved on. And, and I shouldn't throw slaved out because that would mean something different. So many people put their blood, sweat, and tears into a toxic work environment to produce, right? I think right. the fact that I want to talk about Ubisoft, I want to play Assassin's Creed, I want to play Valhalla, right? I use that platform when I talk about those games to also call out the fact that, hey, people who made this game probably weren't treated right. We all need to care about that. We need to care about the things that bring us joy we need to make sure the people who are making those things they experience joy as well and so then it gets into you know to take it back over to wrestling right it is about walking that walk again where i you know it's a i i love every time i watch one of these things with jen right and it ends and then we discuss it and it is this whole thing of like man vince mcmahon changed the professional wrestling world also he seems like an incredible douchebag but then again, look at how much he loves under, you know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. not like it, it's very easy to sit there and be like, he fucking sucks, period. Move on with the conversation. But then there are these moments where he doesn't because, of course, he's a human being. And we're not talking about like Mr. McMahon. We're not talking about this. It's it's how you want to vote with your wallet and whatever. I go back to the fact that like I know Austin. Austin wouldn't allow himself to be abused. He wouldn't work within a broken system. And as long as the people I respect are still making a product there that they love and respect i can't sit there and be like well i throw the baby out with the bathwater. the whole thing's bad like i'm not and that's not to take away from anybody who's had a bad experience that's not that's not to take away from anybody who's been uh put through a toxic work environment wrestling anywhere in the world right I'm, i know that does happen but like that, uh, that these things happen and what we need to do is hold people accountable and i think holding people accountable is talking about it and me being in it being able to say that i enjoy professional wrestling and again this is why i go back to the john oliver thing where he's very much like i love professional wrestling i love wwe wwe is fucked up and we need to talk about why it's fucked up and try to change that i still think that's the best way to go around about it what about you guys you you have a show all about wrestling <laughs> yeah it's it's one of those like 
like you said and how we said at the beginning of man it's it's hard to really kind of like put into words and wouldn't it be great if there was just a correct answer and just like one way to be able to no yeah it's you do this and that's what it is unfortunately to oh people are complex characters and they do a bad thing here but then you look at this great you know this love that they show or this great thing that they did um chris jericho so like my two favorite wrestlers of all time chris jericho and kane i could not be farther politically i think from either of them yeah and like some of the things you know like kane being the mayor and just actively fighting mask mandates as funny as that is because it's kane and he spent his (laughs) his majority the majority of his career wearing a mask yeah uh but like it's oh i and that's the thing too like jericho is (laughs) jericho's a bad dude or not he's you catch me up because here's what i know is that like Mm -hmm. i something similar like this happens with me every fucking time i talk about wrestling or tweet about wrestling <laughs> where i'm like oh yeah jericho uh, somebody asked me a similar question like i'm like oh chris jericho and they're like mm-hmm. don't ever fucking talk about him again i'm like ah oh, jesus and it was the same way of like I, on a stream one day i was like road dog jesse james blah blah and everybody's like ah, well actually he sucks and i'm like what did he do and it, it was like <laughs> a thing of him and i think the hurricane arguing about masks and then i was yep. like ah, oh, jesus and then somebody's like don't talk don't tell him about the undertaker and i'm like what's wrong with the undertaker and they're like oh he's blue lives <laughs> man i'm like oh fucking god damn and that you want to talk about separate the art from the artist i'm like i don't even know what the fuck's going on with anybody yeah we're we're real deep into now that they've turned now that the mystique of the undertaker is gone uh it's all we're learning a lot about mark calloway mm-hmm. that a lot of people really wish we didn't know about mark calloway yeah but like i mean in jericho it's not like there's anything egregiously like someone oh, he linked needs, that, someone he linked needs that to... his wife might have been at the january 6th shit yeah that that's a it's both a rumor and also kind of a meme like i don't think there's enough there to 100 okay, percent okay. confirm it but there's enough smoke that it's like we should probably check for fire maybe okay. uh but yeah, and he like he's he's donate he donated to Trump's campaign. Um, he's he had uh, one of the Trump kids on like his podcast to plug his book stuff like it's stuff like that where it's like oh you know you really we're could. not like you said we're not aligned ideologically right. But at the same time, like anytime a old school like who was it Dalton that like had a they did a GoFundMe. Perry uh, Saturn. Per, yeah, for, like Perry Saturn, but was gonna lose his house. Like he was gonna yeah. be homeless. And, you know, you look, you go down the list of donors and like Chris Jericho gave like donated like $10,000. And it was also like a rumor, the, and I don't know, Greg, if you've seen the gif of it, but it was a backyard show where a dude jumped off the second rope, landed in his legs, paper clipped. It's the best way I can say it. They both like gave out and he had a GoFundMe and Jericho like uh, allegedly, like, I think it was his like actual name, like Mm. donated a bunch, like an amount of money that only Chris Jericho, I think, would be able to donate sure, to just sure, a sure. random guy. So, like, and there's a lot of stories where he seems like the best human in the world. Like, there's some where I'm like, ah, man, like, there's some good lining up moments, but there's also some like, ah, but you've also done some things that are kind of questionable. So it, it's kind of a gray area. With me, personally, to answer your question, like, aside from... And I'm not joking. Aside from killing someone, I can pretty much watch anybody's matches. I can't watch Chris Benoit, um, and I can't watch Snuka. Like, those are the two that I'm like, I, I get how good they were, and I get, like, their impact on the business as a whole. But personally, like, I can't separate that art and that artist. Like, I can't, like, that's kind of where I'm at. But, and this is unfortunate, and it's like you were saying, there's a lot of change going on now that's good. There's so much, like bad stuff that happened in the past with like the dark side of the ring where it's like yeah like i have a big action figure collection of wrestlers and me and ace have had the conversation of just like so i've had this kind of person this kind of person i have them in toy form and it's like yeah i have a lot of really not great people yeah and that's the unfortunate thing it's the whole not meeting your heroes thing um so my personal line is murder which i feel like is a pretty fair one considering there's all makes and models of people um and again, it's, I mean, it's back. And I, by the way, this is a great discussion. I thank you guys for having it. Right. Cause I think it is so, you know, it is, everybody wants everything to be binary. They want it to be a light switch moment. You know what I mean? Yep. Of like good, bad, uh, you're with us, you're against us kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And life isn't like that. And it gets so complicated. And then it's, it's so hard to express that. Right. Cause it's like, how does anybody talk about Hulk Hogan? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, 
who's one of the best i mean well hulk hogan changed the industry and then he said the n-word and he said a whole bunch of other stuff that was really horrible and it's like that was like everybody's here it's like oh god and didn't he do something else recently didn't he do some weird tweet recently or some shit he, the, he it was about the the deaths of some people wasn't it he, he blamed Be- betty betty white and uh sydney portier on getting uh dying because of the vaccine <sighs> And it's, you know yeah, what I mean? it's, it's just like, oh God. And this is the problem when you're playing a character that's you or like what a live action. It's like, you know, it's, you know, that, that Taker, it was Taker for so long. And then, you know, right. Mark Calloway's like, ah. Oh, and it, like it's, it's, and like I said, just that the whole demystification of The Undertaker, is, I think, is going to go down as just like one of the saddest things for me personally of just like, man, because you don't know anything about him. And then he's doing documentaries and he's doing he's interviewing Pit, or he's a not interviewing. He's introducing Pitbull on stage in Saudi Arabia, like before the the Saudi Arabia shows. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's man, it's just a bummer because, yeah, you you look at these characters as characters and especially as fans like you've you've not known them, but you followed them and you've enjoyed them for years, decades between Jericho, Taker, Kane, like all of them. And then whenever you find out that you're like so fundamentally opposed, opposed, and especially when it's like, oh man, it turns out that Chris Jericho is like a huge fan of mayo. I hate mayo on sandwiches. (laughs) Like that's a bummer. Like who cares? That doesn't matter. But it's like, no, this is, this is real important things. And it's, it's it's hard to like, I I find myself struggling to reconcile with stuff like that, you know, all the time. Like, now with this uh aw line of toys there's a they put out a new jericho every couple waves and like it, every single time i'm just like oh, do i want to i i like having like these, these you know i have the this line. collection of aw figures yeah. but oh, do i really want to give jericho money i don't uh, it's but i don't know it, and like you said we wish it was binary i wish it was binary that would make things so much easier you wouldn't have to have these you know these kind of thoughts and problems but for sure yeah that's and just that, and that's the struggle of it and like i've you know when the john oliver thing hit and you did it and i'm watching it it is that idea of like well fuck and i'm lucky enough and I, you know i you know i've talked a lot about austin i'm not talking about him i i, I talked to a couple other wwe friends you know what mm-hmm. i mean about like where they come down on it and it is that thing of like i feel like the figurehead sucks you know what i mean but right. and it's that thing where i even hate saying that and then i feel bad for then trying to walk it back you know what I mean? Like right. Vince McMahon doesn't treat his workers fairly. That's fair. mm-hmm. that's clear as day to look at the thing, right? But right. it's like then there's these stories where he did do the thing, right? And he did do the thing, and he did change it. And it's like it's such a fucking convoluted mess to walk through. But it is about I feel supporting the people who are the workers who are making it. And so for me, that it means supporting the product, and it also means supporting uh, their rights to or their right to get you know fair treatment uh, to get pension plans to get all this stuff and try to yeah. see if and that's my my hope with AEW too, right? Of like you know, I don't, I don't watch anything regularly. Right. But I catch it and I'm paying attention to AEW and I can't wait for their fucking video game. It's that idea of like, hopefully they put pressure on WWE to change. Hopefully, you know, when Vince inevitably steps down or dies, you know, Stephanie and triple H, they actually make changes that would be beneficial for the wrestlers. I don't know if I'll hold my breath for that, but I hope. Sure. Do you, so, you know, moving away from like WWE and AEW, do you follow any sort of independent wrestling at all? Or, you know individual like do you do you know who Danhausen is no okay so because that's kind of like the metric of independent wrestler he just debuted for aw was a huge deal uh okay. for fans of him uh you would probably like him a lot yeah because he's basically conan o'brien and simpsons references just as like a demon okay okay <laughs> uh, it's it's pretty you fantastic sold me, you sold me already i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's amazing yeah it's 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 he's he's incredible but so he's been a huge deal he was with ring of honor for a little bit and then ring of honor released everybody um but he's been huge on the indie scene and it's his whole thing is character he knows okay. exactly what this weird outlandish crazy character is but he has it down to a t and doing vlogs and uh, unboxing videos of action figures stuff like that his some of his most entertaining stuff isn't even wrestling That's he's awesome. he's really good wrestler yeah but and he did an interview with conan o'brien uh for conan needs a fan the podcast <laughs> yeah and he it, it's totally out of character which he doesn't do a ton of out of character stuff um I'm him up on twitter to look around but he uh yeah it's at, it's at danhausen ad i think yeah um but just it's he's someone that i do think you would get a kick out of but and 
not just for you because obviously you don't have a ton of time to really follow a bunch of stuff but anybody who's watching or listening who isn't a you know diehard wrestling fan independent wrestling is where it's at oh, and for sure. there's there's never been a better time to be a fan of independent wrestling because between like IWTV and Fight TV you can watch stuff from all across the country without having to actually go. Like we are oh, very fortunate. <laughs> we are, uh, we are very fortunate here in Missouri that we have a, a handful of really great companies between Dalton and I's home company, CCW, uh, Cape championship wrestling up in St. Louis has St. Louis anarchy, uh, glory pro wrestle max, Kansas city has journey pro. Like there's just a ton of amazing talent and it's people that, you know, if you ever see a flyer or something and you feel, comfortable doing it at this point you know for an independent show absolutely oh i mean out. we used to do all pro wrestling here in uh, the bay we were oh really there, there was a while there where we were hitting that up every month kevin me and a couple other folks and that that's where uh dan Riker was doing some stuff eventually he started showing up and doing uh, a managerial stuff and that was great that was awesome and that and it's mm. you know what you're talking about right it's back to and then one, uh, same same idea when we were when, uh, when we were up there but what three years ago now my final trip up to <laughs> Quebec uh this last time around they were do there was a there was a weekly uh wrestling uh independent circuit thing they do there in like the basement of a church that we mm -hmm. went to and it was just awesome because it's like clearly the neighborhood comes together for this ever and it was just like that's where I love going to those shows because that reminds you why people are wrestling right because mm -hmm. it is that trying to get over in a very small audience trying to get that <gasps> the gas because it's so quiet right it's so loud at a WWE or AEW show but you go to a mm -hmm. small indie show and it's just like you can hear every barb, every little thing, and everybody's trying their hardest to make something really cool. Uh, so in our local scene, there was one guy, um, I wrestle independently, Asa does a lot of commentary, and we got booked together on a show in Arkansas. And um, Arkansas is only like a couple hours south of here. And I remember taking Asa in our car load with us, and I had been to a couple of like, we're, the building we have in Cape is really, really nice. And that's not the case for a lot of these independent shows. And we showed up to the building, that was the only building in like 10 miles of itself, except for the Dollar General that was across the street. And <laughs> everybody else in the car, like getting a little dodgy about it. And I'm like, no, this is the building. I know, I know where we're at. Mm -hmm. And we open it up and they just like did not know what to think of it. It was a half bar, half like restaurant, half wrestling ring like situation. And it was the most horrible looking independent wrestling venue in the world and those are the ones i love like i love oh, yeah. wrestling, like the really cool ones but like you say the basement of the church i think the nicest place i ever wrestled was a uh hotel ballroom like a conference room yeah, yeah, yeah. those those are where like that's the kind of wrestling i really enjoy at this point because like i don't like i watch AEW because i have some people that i've met there that i'm like oh, i really like that person wwe i'm kind of iffy on sometimes but like independent wrestling where it's at because it's a smaller crowd um since i i'm kind of in it i like seeing how people get themselves over and stuff like that but it's the venues i love nothing more than just a shitty independent wrestling venue if like the goofier looking the better but yeah just that utter look of just like this is where we're at and i'm like smiling ear to ear oh, looking yeah, at yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, i'm like oh this is home this is great i love it did you so you mentioned you know dan Riker doing some managerial stuff and i mean you've talked extensively about knowing you wanted to work in video games forever but I, you've also talked about doing you know the byCF BYWF, uh, yeah yeah the, or byWF sorry um was there ever <laughs> fake fan fake fan i've been exposed <laughs> have you uh I was reading my wikipedia <laughs> <laughs> have you ever did you ever have any kind of thought about getting into wrestling like either as a wrestler or as a personality or even like now if an opportunity arose because you've done hosting obviously and yeah. you've done stuff with wwe For but sure. like if a company were to approach you of just be like hey we think you would be good as like an on-air manager for someone or like a mouthpiece for someone is that something that assuming you had the time to do like oh, that you would be interested in Oh, I jump at the chance. Yeah. I, mean, I think like, I don't know if I ever took it seriously. Right. I think it's very much like, uh, you know, I've known since the fourth grade, I wanted to write about video games, talk about video games, but I remember, you know, I'm, I think maybe even the fourth grade time capsule, like at the start of the year, like when they went around, what do you want to be? I said a professional wrestler. And I think that's, what's so interesting about that attitude area and what made like backyard wrestling at the time so special right it's like i said that knowing full well that i didn't like working out or playing basketball or doing anything <laughs> athletic right and so you have that thing of like well clearly i would never be able to do this because you're looking at the screen and it's lex luger and it's hulk hogan it's whatever and then mm -hmm. when you come back to it in 
the Attitude Era, right? It is Mick Foley. It is ECW. Sandman chain smoking and drinking beer on his way to the ring, right? And like them not doing the most technical feats, but putting on a hell of a match and an entertaining show to go watch, right? Like ECW shows I adored going to. Those were like, you know, because so, it was similar. And I, well, I guess it was independent at the time. It wasn't that small, but it was those smaller venues. As somebody who knew it from the bigger Chicago arenas to go to like Tinley Park and go to these like tiny ass places where it was Sandman pushing me, pouring beer on me. I was like, fuck it. Um, but yeah, like you entertain it there and then you get to Attitude Area and like we want to start doing backyard wrestling. And it was that idea like this could actually happen. Foley's, you know, doing his tapes and Foley isn't in great shape there. Like, do you want to chase this? And like, you know, I in BYWF got over with the other my friends right and like the one guy who watched our tapes and would write reviews of them because i was good on the mic and like it, that is very much like you know what leads to all this this is all tied up in that because i saw getting reaction out of that right so like the first promo goes so well that from there on out i'm making promos and it's funny you know we talked about this really briefly i think on a ps i love you but like uh the other guy who really ran byWF with me his name's jason and we hadn't talked in like 20 years when i went away mm -hmm. to college we kind of just stopped being friends and uh we stopped doing byWF obviously and he hit me up you know our, our paths crossed back over because he does a whole bunch of stuff on the internet he does a whole bunch of stuff with ronda rousey and when i started doing more of the wrestling stuff we started crossing over again and like he's making a documentary right now about the byWF and so like He's got, if you go to twitter.com slash the BYWF, you can see like the first teaser trailer he put together and all these old shots of us and stuff like that. And, you know, he came over during paternity break and we filmed a bunch of stuff for it and commentaries on matches. And I'm watching stuff I haven't watched in 20 years. And you see all of this in that of Gruesome Greggy, of me being on the microphone, of me, you know, wanting to get those reactions from my friends the same way I want to get my reactions from Nick now and all that stuff. Like it's crazy to look back at that. And then also like, you know, in a more modern time, even before, you know, the, this conversation, like the stuff I've done with WWE, like, you know, the greatest compliment I've ever been paid as a performer was when one of the WWE execs that I was working with on a thing told me afterwards, he's like, I don't, I don't mean to insult you. He's like, you're so good at this. You fit in so well with this. You're so good at this. And I don't mean to insult you. So don't take it that way. But he's like, you're so good at being Bobby the brain. And I was like, full stop. Do you think that's not the greatest compliment I've ever gotten? Because you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that is the character of heel Greg. You know what I mean? When it's the IGN esports challenge or WWE IGN esports challenge. And I'm getting mm -hmm. pied by AJ Styles and we're facing off. And like, like that, that was living the dream. I love that. And so, yeah, anytime if, if WWE was ever like, we want you for an angle or some shit like that. Like, yeah, I'd come do it. You know what I mean? Like, and it's back to what I'm talking about is like, we can sit here and I have such a different perspective on IS because I'm lucky enough to actually work a few times behind the curtain, right? Like when I was, guys, when I was at WrestleMania and they came to my seat, we're like, all right, you want to come backstage and be on the live show? I was like, yeah, okay. And like to get taken, <laughs> like it never gets old. It never gets old being back there. Like when I, when we had uh, front row seats for Royal Rumble through Jeremy Dunn on my, my IGN boss. Sorry, now, Rocket real quick, just a, just a five, uh, no, 10 minute warning. 10 minute warning. Okay. Okay. Uh, when we when we got to go backstage after uh, uh, Survivor Series, where and it was the one where Brock Lesnar yelled at me and like it made, we got a whole bunch of headlines of like he, he called us a fan a stupid fucking moron or whatever that was me. <laughs> uh, when we're back there and like we're behind gorilla position and we're talking and Triple H walked by to go do something and then Ric Flair came by and he, he saw all of us gawking and came over to talk to us. It was like this shit's insane and that's and then keep in mind like I've gone on WWE backstage the show and worked mm -hmm. with Booker T and Christian and and Renee and like it's like. They graded that your gets promo. Old. Exactly, right? And it's that thing of like, to go back to the question of like, how do you balance the good and the bad? Like, it's still that fact that every time I've worked with WWE, like, I guess in a weird way, like I'm an independent contractor for them too before, right? The people I work with are so fucking cool. They are so in on it. They so want to make a great product that I can't sit there and be like, well, it sucks that there's a bunch of stupid decisions at the top that mean I'm not going to do part of this. Because like, Everybody on WWE backstage was fucking phenomenal, right? All these people I've done with the the watch-alongs, the wrestlers I've met through that have come on up at noon, you know, all the different things that have gone on that way. Like, there's so much tied into this very complicated thing, but I still think the people making the product are great, and I want to support those people. And so, yeah, it's always that thing of like, yeah, if yeah, I still do that daydream once in a while of like, well, what if? You know, Brock Lesnar, when he yelled at me, what if that had turned into a thing? Because, like, Paul Heyman kind of knows me in a weird way. If you remember, I don't know if you remember <laughs> this. Like, again, somebody who 
you know, grew up in high school, you know, loving ECW, loving ECW. Like one of the strangest things in my life was when we, you know, January 5th, 2020, January 5th, 2015, we quit and we start kind of funny and it's amazing. And I think it was that day. It might've been the next day out of the blue. I don't think I've, I've never talked to Paul Heyman. He tweets, it's only five days into the new year. And I hear at game over Greggy and his friends have shocked the video. And I'm like, how? I still don't know how that happened. Years later, I met somebody who was like working with Paul Heyman on social media, on so on like social, but he then mm-hmm. I don't know. Like it's like the most bonkers thing that out of the blue he did that. We've DM'd a couple times, but it's like I know outrageous. for a, I know for a while, like the Heyman Hustle brand was kind of like a almost like a news aggregating website. Yeah. And he was and so, you know, that it's very it's entirely possible that, you know, IGN being uh I I'm sorry, yeah, Tam, IGN. but Tam already Tam already <laughs> messed up, so it's fine. Uh bad for Tam. Um, you know, IGN, the biggest gaming news site, uh, on the planet, like big and the big names leave there. That's going to register with them. Yeah. So that it would, it would not surprise me at all that you guys were, you know, that kind of news would have made it to his radar, but that is, but that is super cool. Just out of nowhere. It'd be like, Paul Heyman is tweeting tweeting about about me. me. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like what the hell is going on? (laughs) Um, so I know we've got a few minutes left and you know, obviously kind of funny, kind of funny games. How, how do we not talk about wrestling video games, at least for Oof. a little bit? Oh, yeah. I know you've been on record as saying No Mercy is the greatest game of all time or yeah. well, greatest wrestling game of all time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dalton is a bigger fan of like the Sim style, more recent 2K oh, sure. games. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I'm firmly in the No Mercy camp, the N64 style. But with you being such a, you know, PlayStation person and, play, and even earlier today, you know, it's not stalking if it's for research. Uh, even earlier today, you tweeted about the first SmackDown game yeah. coming out and you remember the weather about what is your what is your kind of history before you really started reviewing them? Because I know you've done a few of the reviews, but like the SmackDown series on PlayStation. Yeah, SmackDown series comes from a uh, starts with me from a place of pain because what had happened is I had uh, chosen the Sega Saturn, which was a terrible choice. Right. And when I finally got off that train, I got on the N64, and so that's when I'm hanging out with the BYWF kids, and it's Goldeneye, it's Perfect Dark, it's Smash Brothers, it's you know WCW and WO Revenge, it's WrestleMania 2000, it's eventually No Mercy, and so mm-hmm. No Mercy was kind of the swan song there for wrestling games on the N64, and I was going to hold on to the N64 for conquers bad fur day which kept getting delayed i was going to hold on to that and then trade it in for a playstation and go from there and so what had happened is i did the thing i did throughout high school for many games but for no mercy in particular where i got it early because somebody sold it early i went to poe's house and dropped off the school papers and i was like you have to pass these out tomorrow i'm not going to school and (laughs) i played it all weekend long in the original round of no mercy cartridges had a bug in them that would Mm -hmm. reset your progress and so the first time it happened, I was like, oh, my God, this fucking sucks. And then I played through the same thing. It was cartridge again. I was earning almost to get to Undertaker's purple gloves or whatever, and it did it again. And I was like, fuck. And, like, again, the Internet is not the Internet it is now. So eventually, I think Game Facts, somebody was like, this game's happening to me. Yeah, me too. You know, some of the cartridges are faulty. So I go into Ga- EB. It was an electronics boutique in the suburbs of Chicago at the time. Go in there, trade it in for an- – return it for another copy, come home reset again came got another cartridge came home did it and this is hours and hours of play did it it reset again and i was like all right that's it and i scooped everything up i went to funko land i put it down i'm like give me a playstation and wwe wwf smackdown and i came back and it was that thing of like smackdown's a great fun game and it looked really good but it was that oh there are load times here like i you know the thing about no mercy and wrestlemania 2000 right are like they were like so good at recreating what you watched on tv at the time with the titantron the fireworks you're walking down the name bars everything and if you remember smackdown and there was no load times because it was cartridge so it felt like you were watching programming and smackdown i'll never forget putting it in and it's like i'll be jeff hardy and jeff hardy walks to the ring and it's the full screen of his video and then his character just walking like you can't see his feet and then it would be like loading and i was like oh my god oh my god what is this game and it was fun to play and it was all this great stuff but it was like shit this is not no mercy and i just like gave it all up for this and then of course i find metal gear smackdown just bring it fucking come on you kidding me right now i still have the guide over here that i got from a fan i think uh or maybe craig harris i forget but i think it was a fan uh and like i when that one dropped and i brought that to college i still have the the stat sheet 
of like who won what guy we had a piece of loose leaf that we kept track of for the dorm and i still have that like and it, you know it, it was that thing of well they're just gonna get better and the the thing is i just for me per and it's it's so much of a place and time thing right and where you were mm-hmm. where i think hitting with that group of friends during the attitude era during us going to every wrestling show we could go to whether it be ecw whether it be wf would you know we dressed as right to censor once like when right to censor was at the peak we dressed as right to censor there was like seven of us we went we had signs that had the big no symbol on it we got booed by the entire upper bowl of the rosemont horizon it was amazing <laughs> and like you want to talk about getting heat and getting over like you i mean i was like i was like put it in my veins this is what i need right now like that's why i connect so much to those and it's why i have a soft spot for just bring it and like but like you know then i get older and i'm still playing stuff but like you know here comes the pain i remember getting and playing on a i my girlfriend at the time we had a tv we, she was watching whatever at night she would watch tv and i had a second little tiny s tv where i would run like gm mode or whatever it was and here comes the pain and play down there and so yeah eventually i get to ign and like you know one of the first things that happened when i got there was jeremy dunham who had hired me was like i mean i'm talking like day one it's like do you like wrestling by the way I'm like oh yeah you know i grew up in wrestling games he's like cool you're in charge of the smackdown countdown from now on which was like again grew up on this shit like i mean mm-hmm. wrestlemania 2000 watching Je- i remember watching the chris jericho video of his debut uh in the game at the st francis public Li- or st francis uh, library for high school like i remember because it's the only place that had fast internet and like <laughs> i'm like oh okay and like it was such an honor and privilege to do that which then led to you know working so much on wwe games and with the wrestlers that's awesome. Well, I know that is just right at our time. So uh, the last thing I'm going to ask you before uh, we sure. get out of here is I'm, I'm going to kind of abuse my position here of, of getting on the kind of funny show. Uh, can I pitch? Can I pitch a question for the kind of funny podcast? You sure can. You just have so, to write it into Patreon. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the let's say using all past and present part time, full time kind of funny members or kind of funny employees. You have to build a four-person undisputed era style stable, someone to go after heavyweight, uh, mid-card, and tag titles. Who do you okay. pick out of the kind of funny roster? Oh fuck! Well, immediately for tag titles, I like to jump to the Gettys brothers. I like I like Cool Greg and I like Tim working together as a tag team because especially they're, they're going to eventually Cool Greg's going to get sick. Yeah, over the assholes for sure. That's me and Nick, by the way, if you're new, mm. uh, not just over the assholes. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I like that because then, it, you know, Tim can stay face. Eventually, Cool Greg's going to go heel, turn it back on him. Gang, gang, gang. We have a little feud there that I like quite a bit. Um, man, for mid card. I'm a big fan. I, I really, you know, blessing break dances. And I really feel like that could translate to some good high-flying rope mechanics out there. You know what I mean? Of what he's going to be, mm-hmm. a shooting star press maybe off there. I think he'd be – a blessing would be entertaining to watch in the ring from a perspective that you're not going to get out of our heavyweights at all. And then yeah, – sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, that was just – that made me laugh. That, that got me a little bit. <laughs> gotcha. And then, I mean, heavyweight, I feel like it's got to be me. But the one caveat I'll add in there is that Kevin Coelho is my manager. I need that right there. You know what I mean? That way, like I can still be, I can be gruesome Greggy with my Hollywood shades on and that nice suit coat. Kevin can be the one having to deal with all the rigmarole, bringing me my chair to sit in, but then I also pass it over to me to smash people with. I like that. I like that a lot, but well, thank you so much for having us on here. This has been amazing. I I'm sad. It's already over. Cause like, this is great. This is a really fun one. I mean, I, we've I all been to... fun. Don't, don't read into it. I'm just saying I didn't. This is a really but great like, wrestling podcast. But like if if one was the best, you know, it would it would. You didn't shit probably... the bed. How about that? You were worried there about we... shitting the bed. I don't think you should. I'll bed. take that. Yeah, that's a good answer. That's the best answer you can give me, man. You're like, good enough. I'll do it. I'll take it. <laughs> I'm going to be writing that high for the like that's going to carry me through like 2023 probably. So amazing. Um, but no, this has been amazing. Thank you for doing this community day um big shout out to like i said uh, at the beginning nerd today did great if i grow up did great the untitled movie podcast i know you've got one more left today and then you're doing another round of them uh did you say it was it's gonna be next month yeah it's gonna be march now in march now okay so uh but this has been great thank you so much thank you for doing all of this with kind of funny also thank you to kevin for Good. uh running this big kev dog glue no problem uh, yeah so but yeah, this has been Nerdiest Part of the Ring. Uh, obviously, you know Greg Miller, you know Kind of Funny, you know Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny, or Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games, uh, all the YouTube. Uh, we are Nerdiest Part of the Ring. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Nerdiest Part. Uh, I am at the Five Star Man on Twitter. Dalton is at 
uh, PZ85D Anthony. And then tomorrow night for the Royal Rumble, I am doing a watch along. Obviously, I cannot stream the Rumble itself, uh, but I'll probably have like Shovel Knight or Nobody Saves the World or something pulled up just game wise. So it's not just like me, but I'll be watching the Rumble. Come hang out, talk about who you think is going to be surprise entrant. Uh, do you have any kind of inside scoops on? I wish. Who do you who's going to? Uh, I don't know. This is I really like this pay-per-view because as we talked about on last night's episode, this really feels like the first year, like in a long time that it is really up in the air. It could be anybody, right? That's the, again, like yeah. you have, I been paying attention. I've been watching the whole thing of somebody being we, like, oh, it's going to be guys. We really got to wrap it up. Sorry. All right. Sorry. 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 I'm excited. Right. I'll, I'll see what it is. <laughs> okay. But thank you everybody for watching and listening. And we hope to talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend.